Well, hello and welcome to church today. Uh, so great to be with you. My name is Sats. My wife Em and I, we're the lead pastors here at C3 Reflect. And uh, just a massive welcome to you. If you're new, tuning in, uh, live, catching up later, you're on YouTube, make sure you hit subscribe. Uh, we just want to keep rocking up in your space and getting to share uh, these moments with you. Um, but also go to our website, c3reflect.church connect. And uh, you can just fill out the form. Let us know that you're here because we would love to just give you a proper welcome and um, get to know you a little bit and help you settle in or explore a little bit in the life of the church. Um, so if you've been with us over the last few weeks, you'll know that we are in a series called The Future Is. And it really just stemmed out of this idea that in the backdrop of the pandemic and uncertainty and life just being a bit chaotic, don't know if you notice, um, that, that it's been really hard to dream. It's been really hard to lift our eyes to look to the future. And yet that seems to be a really important part, at least one part of our Christian walk that God is speaking to us. Jesus says the Holy Spirit will come and he'll speak to you about the future. And uh, there's, there's, there's a whole thing there um, that, that we need. We need to be moving forward and moving into the future that God has for us. And yet it's been a season that has been really hard because of the uncertainty and just the general atmosphere um, in our world. And so I wanted to, to spend a bit of time um, just stirring our faith again for the future and lifting our eyes. And we've covered a whole range of topics. We've been talking about all sorts, singleness, exclusivity, and wow, a whole heap of things that you can go back on YouTube and check them out. Um, and uh, But today, uh, the title of the message, if you are taking notes, which you are because you're so holy, uh, is this. It's the future is love. The future is love love and subtitled the pathway to influence the pathway to influence you know i realized there is a connection between love and influence that influence is actually the fruit of love uh, let me read you a, a scripture that 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 Jesus is talking around the time of the Last Supper before he goes to the cross. In, in John 15, verse 9 to 17, it says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. That's nice, isn't it? Well, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends for all that I've heard from my father I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. Remember, we're talking about influence. So that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. So here Jesus is talking a lot about love. There's, there's more in the chapters around uh, this particular section as well. You should go and read it. And he's, he's saying look, the, the end result of these things that I'm telling you to do, which is love one another. And uh, he says is fruit, fruit that remains. That's, that's influence. You know, sometimes we can look at people who are influential people and we think, well, they don't seem like they're really living, living a life full of love, like Christian love. But, but Jesus says, makes a, a distinction here. He says, it's not just fruit, but it's fruit that remains. You know, we can look at people in the world who are successful and look like they are influential, but um, at the end of the day, stuff that is not founded on the right principles, the right heart and the spirit of God is always 
only temporary. And Jesus is saying there is a lasting impact and influence that comes when we are part of a church community that understand how to love one another and understand that we are loved by God because it's all connected together. And so I think, you know, often people want influence. And maybe some of you today, you'd, you'd like some influence. You'd like to be more effective in your world. You'd, you'd like to do all that kind of stuff. And, and let me just say that that's actually, uh, there's a godly uh, thread of desire in that because, because we as a church want to be a light in our world. I mean, Jesus says, you're the light of the world. <laughs> you know, don't hide. Don't hide under a bucket. You're like a city on a hill. You, you're supposed to be salt and light. And so it, the clues in the name, C3 Reflect, our heart is to shine uh, for Jesus Christ, not for our own glory, not that we look awesome, but we do want to point people to Jesus. And so influence, man, what greater influence could there be than encouraging and helping a person come into a relationship with Jesus Christ? Like that is the, the greatest fruit, the greatest influence to alter and affect and be a part of changing a person's destiny. Now, God's the one who saves, but he wants to work through us to have an impact on our world. And, and so isn't it amazing that Jesus is saying that there's this relationship between love and influence, between impact and, and the, the way that we live our lives. And he says something really interesting. He says, he says that, 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 that just as he was loved by the Father, that he's loved us. So this is amazing sort of pathway, this kind of direction of love, that, that love starts with God and flows to us. And then from that, we love one another. You know, the reason we find it so hard to love one another, and the reason our world is full of so many people who talk about love but don't seem to exhibit the qualities of love, is simply because that love flows from God. Love flows from the heart of God. And it's only when we have received love from God that we can actually love one another. But this, this, is, this is what it also says, just in a couple of chapters before Jesus talking about the same topic, he says in John 13, 34, 35, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also ought to love one another. But then he says this in verse 35, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So in other words, the, the fruit of our impact or our influence on the world is determined by the strength of our love for one another. Isn't that amazing? Because it's counterintuitive. Think, surely, but he's saying, no, pe people will look in when they, they see the quality of your relationships, when they look in at the friendship and the intimacy and the vulnerability and the care and the kindness and the joy and the fun, when they look in, people in the world are going to go, there is something about these people. There is something about these people who exhibit the qualities, who reflect the glory of God. And you know what they're going to say? They're going to say, I, I need some of that. I, I want to find out more about that. And that's our heart, is that we create that sort of church here in London and beyond. And so I want to invite you into just a brand new season as we, uh, I guess, as, as reopening is taking place, as life is gradually heading in the direction we, we want it to head, that this is the sort of church that we are trying to build, one that knows that it is loved by God and one that knows and understands how to love one another, that we truly have that level of relationship inside of the church. And the fruit of that, this isn't necessarily the thing we, we seek or we throw everything after, but the fruit of that is influence. And so if we focus on God and focus on one another, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, you know, mind, strength, etc., and love your neighbor as yourself, well, that's it. 
that they're the two uh, big commands that we're supposed to do. And, and Jesus is saying, if you do those things, what's going to happen is that uh, there's going to be an amazing fruit. So I, I want to share just just a, a, a couple of quick thoughts about how we, how we put this into our lives. Um, and, and it's simply this. And the first thing you need to understand is, is that you don't have to do anything to receive God's love. Now, this, this is a really basic thought, but I think sometimes the basic thoughts are the ones that we need to preach on a lot. Um, you don't have to do anything to receive God's love. I just sense even right now, there's someone who's tuning into church online right now, and you are tuning in to try and get your life kind of back in with God. You're trying to tick the box. And can I just say that, that even before you decided to tick, tick the box, God loved you. Even before you made the decision, even before today, even when you were in your lowest point, God loved you. There is nothing you can do to make God love you more. This is what it says in Ephesians 2, verse 4 to 10. And God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. It's like a double love. It's it's like love upon love. Uh, Even when you were dead in your trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved and raised us up with him seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus for by grace you've been saved through faith and this is not your own doing guys you didn't do this it is the gift of God that's that's God's love it's a gift to you not a result of works so that no one may boast stop boasting in the things you've done and understand this is a free gift from God for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them so understand this God has purposed things for us to do. God has prepared good works. In fact, work is supposed to be a blessing in itself that we're supposed to enjoy the things that we're doing, what we're creating, what the, the fruit that we're leaving in this world. So uh, that's a good challenge for us uh, when we think about maybe what our careers are. And, 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 but, 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 but all of that comes after because God loved us when we were dead in our sins, in our trespasses. So when we were utterly broken, utterly unlovable, I know you came to get some encouragement today, but but this is what the scripture says. It says, you really had nothing. You had nothing, you know, worth negotiating, nothing you were bringing to the relationship. This is so one-sided, like you, you're, not, you're not getting anything. And that's the point that God loves you. And we need to reset our thinking because the word love has been so tainted in our culture. People say love and they throw around the word love, but, but really it doesn't mean love at all. Often when people say, I love you, does, does it mean I give my life to you? I give my life to serve you? Or does it mean there's something about you that I need for myself? That's, that's not love. But when love is about something I can get from you, that's not love. God showed and demonstrated his great love by the way he loved us. He found us in a place where we had nothing to offer him. He didn't love us so that he could get something back from us. He loved us because he loved us. He loved us because it's in his nature. Now, is God going to ask us to do some stuff? Yeah, not to, to bore us, not to extort from us, but so that we can enjoy and share in his purpose, to share in the beauty and the glory of his work. God loves doing what he does. God loves being God. And he's inviting us into that same enjoyment of our lives, the same enjoyment of the work of our hands. He's not getting something from you. He's inviting you into a great life, a life that is full of joy, a life that is life to the full, as Jesus described in John 10, that that the thief has come to steal and kill and destroy and take and to get something from you in the name of love. But Jesus has come to bring you life, a life to the full.
You don't have to do anything for God to love you. He already loves you. Oh man, I just got to stay here for a moment. He already loves you. You don't have to do anything. But here's, 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 here's what love is. Love is like oxygen in our soul. And as we breathe in God's love, it's, it's like that thirst on the inside of us, that need for oxygen is dissipated. And most people are living their lives on on empty, in a perpetual pursuit for some oxygen, for something to to fill themselves with. And they're looking in all the wrong places for love. They're looking in the clubs. They're they're looking in their work. They're looking even in their spouse. They're looking for that total fulfillment in the thing that they're doing. And, And the thing is, is that that kind of life is suffocating to everybody around you. That kind of life is unsustainable because nobody can give you the love that you need. I can't give you that love. I can't give you that level of commitment and that level of intimacy and that level of just fullness that God can do. You are designed to receive the love of God. And and receiving God's love is actually an act of discipline. (laughs) So, So God loves us. But but and and so often when it comes to things like prayer and worship and church and you know these things, we see them as things that we kind of do to be loved by God. But what we don't understand is these things are part of the way that we receive that practical, tangible aspect of God's love so that when we're worshiping God, we're actually actually being filled by God as we welcome Him in, as we welcome the Holy Spirit, as we magnify God, we are magnifying His presence in our life and His love begins to fill our soul. And so all of these things are not religious tick boxes that we've got to check off to keep in God's favor. They're actually tools and things that God has designed about the, the life that He's invited you into. And so we as a church here, I want to challenge you right now. We need to make sure that we as Christians have got a daily discipline of prayer. And that might not be every day, 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 it might be just weekdays, but but we need to have a rhythm that throughout our week, there is a, uh, yeah, there is a rhythm. There is a regular occurrence of prayer, the practice of gratitude, reading of scripture and allowing the love of God to get into our heart. Not because it's like just some big chore, but because that is the mechanism through which we experience the love of God. And if you do not receive your love from God, you are going to spend your entire life looking around for something to fulfill you when God is the only person person but you don't have to work you don't have to work to receive God's love he already loves you God loves you God loves you you are loved he accepts you he approves of you when he looks at you he's so he's so proud when he looks at you he smiles when he looks at you he is just so ready to pour out all of his love and kindness into your world. But the thing about prayer is that prayer isn't something God can do for you. The thing about breathing is that nobody can breathe for you. I mean, I know medically now there's some stuff there, but the thing about, about, about staying hydrated is it's not something I can do for you. I, I can't hydrate for you. You've got to be the person. I can give you some water. I can, you know, resource you. I can put some nice oxygen in the room. I can get some air conditioning, get the temperature to right. But you, you're the person who has to breathe. You're the person who has to drink the water. No, no one can exercise for you. <laughs> you know, we can have workout plans. We can have personal trainers. But even with a personal trainer, they can't exercise for you. Otherwise, they get the gains. They, they're here to help you do the work. And there is the work of prayer. 
in your life that I, I've, I cannot overstate how much you need this in your world. If you want to receive the love of God, if you want to be a light in your world, if you want to be a person who is not looking everywhere for affirmation, but are living from a place of confidence and being a true influence in our world, you need to learn the art of prayer. You need to create a discipline and a habit of prayer in, in your world. And, you know, it's funny because one of the reasons we don't pray is, is because we're not very good at it. Yeah, I'm there as well. Like, we don't pray because we're not very good at it. And so what happens? You know, well, we're not very good at it because we don't pray. This is just like this endless chicken and egg scenario where we just stall in everything. But it's because we don't understand that God isn't looking for performance prayer. God isn't looking for religious tick, tick boxes. He loves you and he wants to spend time with you. And you're going to find that as you spend time with him, you're going to find just your soul is going to be elevated. So we don't come to church or tune into church every week because we have to or got to show our face in the chat. We tune in because there's something about us coming together that lifts us and we recognize. And so we've got to create some habits and some disciplines and change our life. If you, if you want to be serious about God, come on, I've got to challenge you today. If you want to be serious about your relationship with God, you're serious about having a kingdom impact, you have to put in some discipline in your life. You have to get Wednesdays in your diary. You've got to be there. You've got to join, not because you have to, but because it's part of God's design to bless your life. Because before you do anything, you don't have to work to receive God's love. And the second thing is simply this, that um, we experience love in church community. Not, not only that we, we don't have to work to receive God's love, but we also experience love in church community. Now, Jesus is kind of, he's talking about one another. And, um, you know, he is focusing on the church, the relationship between us. But, but I just want to put a side note in before we start that the, the other place we also experience love is in the family. And um, that was just a given. So it's almost the fact that it's not mentioned. It's just, it's just the default that your family, your spouse, your kids, people who are dependable on you, that we have a responsibility to love them. And so what we don't want to do is play off those two things together. And hopefully they're integrated as well. But, but church community is where we experience love. So I'll read that scripture again in John 13. And you commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. So, you know, Jesus is saying the way that I have loved you, you are to love one another. Okay, that's pretty wild. So the, the way that Jesus has loved you, I mean, we just talked about the love of God to you. We just talked about the way that he found you in nothingness and loves you. He's saying that's the same sort of love that we have to bring into the church. Now, here's, here's the amazing thing about the church and also your family, by the way, is that you don't really choose the people in the church. I mean, you might feel like, oh, I'm going to this church and that's cool. But at the end of the day, you don't choose the person you sit next to at dinner parties. You don't choose who you're serving on a team with. And you can, you know, you might think, oh, I don't want to be with that person. But at the end of the day, it's kind of chosen for you. You don't really have a choice to say, oh, I like that person. Therefore, I'm going to love them. <laughs> now, of course, we're going to create friendships around common interests and all that kind of thing. So that's, that's cool. But, 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 but Jesus has actually positioned you in a church family, a church community, so that you can learn about loving people who have nothing to give you. <laughs> you can learn how to receive love from people who are nothing like you. You can learn to build community and friendship and relationship in the, the, with people that you are not alike. People who are from very different backgrounds, different cultures, 
different experience, different age groups, different demographics. We find in the church this, this melting pot of humanity coming together. Where, and, and, and Jesus says that when people look in, because don't forget, we live in a divided world. We live in a dog-eat-dog world. We live in a world where groups are pitted against each other. We live in a world where people are focusing on difference rather than commonality. And Jesus says people are going to look in at the church and they're going to see such a, a beautiful picture of Christ himself that they're going, to, they're going to know that you're disciples of Jesus. And for me, that's a huge compliment. That's the goal. Uh, because when people know that we're people of Jesus, they, they're going to want to get in, involved and they're going to want to experience. They're going to see the goodness of God because I know that he is so good. And he is so loving and so kind. And when we embody that sort of relationship in our church, in our dinner parties, in our communities, you know what? People are going to start to get saved. And I want to prophesy right now that we are entering into the greatest power of the church that we've seen for a long time. As people experience unity and community and relationship and friendship, this is the time for people to get saved. You know, and I realize this is this can be challenging if you're you know, new today, or you're new to the city, or you've just been stuck in that kind of online season, or you're already here for three months, and sure, there's a whole heap of things to work out, and, and sometimes it's not as simple or as clear-cut as it might sound from the scripture, but, you know, I want to invite you today. I want you to invite, I want to invite you today to be a part of what we're trying to do here. I want you to, to invite you into a church community that is trying to be great at receiving the love of God, and loving one another because that's the space Jesus says people are going to look in and they're going to be blown away by the glory of God. A couple of other mentions of love that I just wanted to put in there as well. Jesus talks about loving your enemies. Uh, he talks about you know loving your neighbor in, in the context of the Samaritan, uh, the good Samaritan who was very different from the Jews and they had all sorts of um, yeah, racial, ethnic tension. Um, you know, what, what I love about both those two instances is that, that that love described there is an overflow sort of love. In other words, if we can get receiving love right from God by a practice of prayer, a regular practice of worship, if we can get loving one another by our commitment to one another in community and friendship, what we're going to find is that all as all part of that overflow, we're going to have an impact on the world. As part of that overflow, you're going to have an impact on your workplace. And the people who really irritate you in the workplace, you're going to have an overflow of love to carry to those people that is going to come from that place. And the problem we have is we have a generation right now that is trying to love everybody, inverted commas, but with no source of love. We just and, and that's why it doesn't work very well, because <laughs> because we're carrying we're not carrying the love of God through us, and so we've got to get those things happening in our world. So I want to I want to just pray for us right now because I just think there's some people right now, and and what I've described is is it sounds amazing, but you've got no idea how to get there. And the very first step is to receive the love of God. And. <laughs> maybe whatever context you come from before. The thing is, is that love leaks, love fades. And we need that regular connection. I just believe today can be just a moment for God, the Holy Spirit, to be so present in your world and to speak of your life and to encourage you and to lift your soul even right now. Maybe, maybe some of you here right now and you really do feel unlovable. You really do feel like there's no way God can love me. Well, got great news for you today, friend, that God's love is greater than, 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 than the smallness 
of your unlovableness, on the mess that you've been through, the places that you've been, the places that you've walked to, the people that you've walked with, experiences of life that you've come through. God's found you dead in your sins. He knows who you are. He knows where you've been. He's not surprised. And yet his love and his heart towards you is just so warm, so warm. Maybe some of you today just come in feeling like you're not good enough. Come in having been hurt by people with your guard up. Feeling like, I don't know if I can open myself up, but can I just encourage you before you open up to any person, why don't you open up to God today? Why don't you let God, the Holy Spirit, just come and lift you right now? So I want to pray for you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for every person tuning in right now. God, I thank you for your heart for them, your care for them. Jesus, I pray that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit and you would fill them with the knowledge that they are loved. And God, every trace, bad taste in the mouth, every bit of the past and bit of the history that is trying to trail into their future, we just break it right now in the name of Jesus. We come against every demonic power that's been trying to pull people back into regret, into condemnation. And we declare today (laughs) a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has gone and the new has come. We thank you that it's a new day. And we pray, Lord, that you would create community and relationships and friendships over this next season, over dinner parties, as we're reopening. I pray, take the fear away from people, the fear of people away. And I pray, Lord, that there would be a beautiful coming together, a beautiful celebration of the church and we pray that this church as we come together would shine the light of Jesus Christ into our city, into our workplaces, into into the lives of our colleagues and our friends. We pray God that be something about these relationships in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? I just want to pray one last thing quickly. If, If that's you and you've been away from God completely, you've never known Jesus or you are, you just know you've been, you made a conscious decision to go away or life just faded and you just faded away from, from your Christian walk. This is your opportunity to come, come back in um, and say yes to Jesus. And so I want to pray with you right now. Dear Lord Jesus, let's pray this together. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm here just as I am. I want to say sorry for doing my own thing, going my own way in my own sin. I'm coming back to you right now. I receive your forgiveness, your kindness, your grace, and your love. I give my life to you completely. Amen. Amen. If that's you, when you pray that prayer, that's just an amazing thing. So pleased for you right now. We are cheering you on. And the church is a group of people walking imperfectly following Jesus. We're receiving the love of God daily weekly, allowing him to fill us and encourage us. And we're learning how to outwork this together. It's an imperfect place. And you might look in and think, wow, this is a bit messy, but this is the church. And yet Jesus, this is the thing. Jesus said, people are going to look in and in the midst of the mess, they're going to see something incredibly beautiful. I want to invite you to be a part of that community, that church. Make sure you head to our website. Let us know that you made that decision. C3reflect.church slash Jesus. And we'd love to be praying with you and cheering you on. Thanks so much for tuning in today. God bless you. And we'll see you very soon.